Well, it's an episode I've been meaning to publish for a while. And it's just another broken record episode, so turn it off if you heard it before. But I talk about my experience with the University of Utah Police, but I also talk about how the University of Utah has the highest number of stalking cases of any other college campus in Utah. They're number one. They have over half of all the stalking cases in Utah for universities, college campuses, over half. Westminster College, zero. Westminster College is just a few miles away from University of Utah. Thanks so much for listening. Check one, two. Hello. All those cool cats in podcast land tuning into the Bling Vera podcast. I'm your host, Bling Vera. I'm going to talk about a few things today, but it's mainly just going to be one of those episodes that you don't have to listen to or pay attention to. It's mainly just, it's a little something for me. It's a little, a little bling time right now. The lights are low and the curtains are down. And I'm wearing something pretty comfortable. And no, they're not freaking girl clothes. I actually did an episode earlier today and scrapped it. A whole freaking episode, an entire episode. Crime boss, crime family boss man was there. We're doing an interview. Can you hear the rain in the background, by the way? At all? No? No? Make sure vocal. But the lights really are off. And I turned the other ones down low. So just to set the mood, it's... Saturday, October 22nd, 2022. 10-22-2022. 2022. The year of the Lord. No, but there's a whole back and forth exchange with crime family, or crime boss, crime family boss man. And we're talking about important issues, the University of Utah police, uh, the fact that University of Utah has the highest stocking rate of any university or college in Utah compared to, uh, what's the, um, there's another college, but it's more of like, it's definitely a much smaller college, just a few miles away from the University of Utah, Westminster. It's Westminster College, and it's two or three miles away from the University of Utah, if that. And guess how many stalking cases they had there? Zero. Half, over half of the stalking cases in at all the universities and colleges here in Utah, United States of America, more than half came from the University of Utah compared to, again, Utah State University, which I think is up north. Utah, Utah State University has the highest population of students, too, except I don't think that they have dorms, so whatever. But University of Utah has less students than Utah State University, However, University of Utah had more stalking cases. So why is that? Why is that? Usually we wait until the third segment to get into these hard-hitting issues and ask these hard-hitting questions. But today we're just going to jump we're just gonna jump right into it. Dive into it, fall into it, trudge around in the, in the, along the mud into it. I have some theories as to why University of Utah has the highest number of stalking cases. And if you want to hear that theory, it's a broken record. You've already heard it. Because I harp on and on about my displeasure, dissatisfaction, distaste, dissentment. Judges? No? Dissentment? Ah, dang it. Disappointment with the University of Utah Police and their behavior. When I was reading this report, so this is a report that comes out every year that colleges are, I forget what it's called, but there's um a new law or bill or yeah, bill on capitol hill there's a law 
that universities have to file these types of things, um, violations, or they have to uh, be more transparent with these types of issues like stalking, safety regulations that are being put in place to make people more aware of these facts and issues that are happening on campus or on university campus. Now, for me, I have firsthand experience with this. One, someone filed a fake stalking charge against me, a polygamous woman and her lawyer, crazy woman and a polygamous woman, and her lawyer, Rob W. Peterson. That got me fired from a job. Um, it was humiliating, it was stupid, I got it dismissed, and no one cared after that. I, I could only suffer the consequences of having this charge in place, even though it was fake, shouldn't have been there. I could only suffer the consequences of it, but not when I got it dismissed and removed because it was fake. It shouldn't have been there. It was ridiculous. How it even got there, well, who knows? I'll have to ask Salt Lake City Attorney Rob W. Peterson about that. I'm sure he'd love to charge you some billable hours and tell you all about it, his long-winded speech. But that's my point here is you can get these stalking things put in place frivolously. However, when you call the university, and that's just with normal citizen everyday life, on the outside of student life, on the outside of campus. When you look at the University of Utah and, and the student apartments or dorms that are on university property, government property pretty much, right? The police don't care about stalking at the University of Utah. They simply do not. That's not only my opinion, but it's also my experience. It might, I'm sure, it might be my anecdotal experience, but still my experience nonetheless. I'm sure their cameras were going, their body cams. You could probably get the video or the audio tape at least and hear the frantic sound in my voice and just how like, just scared I am. Just scared. Um, not myself, absolutely not myself. Um, the best way I can describe it is if it's like a, a freaking like a cat on the run being chased by something. There, remember, um, what movie is it? Sword in the Stone. It's a Disney movie, right? Disney movie Sword in the Stone. When they're chasing that fox in the, the cartoon Sword in the Stone, there's a scene where they're chasing a fox and this fox is freaking fried. The dogs are barking, the people on the horses blowing the horns, and the, the fox comes by and it's, it's fried, like it looks out of its mind. That's what I am reminded of when I try and picture myself and how I look to the police, it probably, I probably appeared that way. Just nuts, like burned out. But anyway, my experience, my experience in its entirety was totally humiliating. And it's inspired me to one, make this podcast after reading the report, which came out three weeks ago. So this isn't really breaking news or anything, but the University of Utah does have the most stalking cases. So it inspired me to make this episode, for one. And two, I guess I'm uninspired to call the police ever for help. University of Utah police, police in general, 911. I'm not, um, it would have, like, I'd probably have to be on fire in a burning house, probably on the verge of death, in order to call 911 ever again. I don't like the police. I hate police. I've said this many times on this, ep on this podcast, many times, that hey, I hate police. I think I said in one episode, I said, so what can you do about it? One, hate police, hate all police, don't snitch.
because they're disconnected. They're on this power trip or they're corrupt. Uh, misconduct, I'm sure, is rampant at the University of Utah. I'm sure it's rampant. The report said that 94% of the police force has been sort of uh, replaced, I guess. I think in another episode I said it, it needs to be broken down, disbanded, and start. they need to start over over there because it's not working. It's no good. The police over there are no good. Is that hyperbole? Is that too extreme of an opinion? I don't think so. Again, it's my own opinion and my own anecdotal experience. But I don't think it's too extreme. I think it's necessary. But even with replacing 94% of the police force there at the University of Utah, apparently, according to this article that I read, they're still not... It's still dysfunctional. There's still misconduct, in my opinion. And there's probably corruption, according to their behavior. Like, that's my assessment. Given their behavior, that's my assessment. It's corruption. They're getting paid on the side. They're getting little bonuses or whatever, what have you. If we can use your property, if we can follow your students around, the ones that are desperate, need money, get title loans for their cars, just let us, just let us kind of, if you don't mind, you know, we'll give you every, for every good deal. Just give us a little bit of something on the side. Is that extreme? Is that hyperbole? Not in my experience. Not in my opinion. Their behavior speaks volumes. They drove right past me, yet when I made a beeline back inside of my student apartment there at the University of Utah, after calling them in early September 22 last month, about, a, what, almost two months ago now, I was making a beeline because they're saying, sounds like you need to talk to somebody. We can take you to the hospital. Are you sure? Well, we care about your well-being. We just care about you. You guys drove right past me when I stood up. You guys drove right past me. You guys don't care about me. You guys don't give a shit about me. You guys aren't even listening to my story. You guys aren't even listening. You guys don't even care. You guys aren't even listening to what I'm saying. In fact, you're trying to convince me that this person is the person that I saw doing what they were doing, that, that they are innocent and that you promise me that they're innocent. One of the police said, I promise you, he didn't do it. He couldn't have done it. He lives here. Like, what are you talking about? The fact that you don't even believe me is one thing, but like trying to convince me that this person's innocent on top of it. It's like, you guys are part of it. Like, get the hell out of here. The whole experience was humiliating from start to finish. Absolutely humiliating. I lived there for over a year. And the stuff that I saw after I called the police, um, and people like emptying stuff out, emptying their drinks out, kind of, looked kind of worried, the cars I didn't recognize, whatever, and the people I didn't recognize that, well, that doesn't mean they don't live there, maybe they did live there, I don't know, I never, I didn't recognize them, I looked a little, yeah, whatever, whatever, they're emptying stuff out, they're just throwing little bits of pieces of stuff in the, in the garbage, kind of nervous, they kind of looked nervous, the person, the family of the person that I called the police on, I called 911, what ended up happening Broken record time. You guys got to hear about it all over again. Just because this um, this article with the level of stalking that's going on at the University of Utah, I want to tell my story about it again, just to reiterate. So it, it sinks in for everybody there. The police force there can hear it, listen to it, learn a thing or two. Figure out why everyone hates them. Maybe they'll learn. It is a university after all. Campus police, back to school. 
but my car was in the process of getting repoed or what have you. And I was being followed around everywhere. I went in that car everywhere. I noticed it immediately on August 12th, which was a Friday. I slept in my car that night on August 12th. I slept in my car <laughs> the entire week. I needed my car to move. I needed my car to move out because I'd graduated. I couldn't afford anything because I got, yeah, since April, it's been a, a freaking struggle since April and nobody cares, whatever. There's no freebies, there's no handouts, everything's conditional. I, this is my story, okay? The time I'd ask for help, every now and then someone would come through and I remember who they are and I'm looking forward to the day that I can pay them back, really. I'm looking forward to that, to landing something good here, not Burger King. Landing something good, something uh, starting a career, hopefully not getting fired for another fake stalking charge. Thanks again to Hanks and Peterson for that one. And then like really start a career here. But um, I couldn't afford my payment on April 16th when eBay withheld my money to keep it safe from me. Like whatever, man. And ever since April 16th, I couldn't keep up my, I couldn't keep up with the payments. I couldn't. Target got repossessed one time. You guys can listen to all that. Uh, the June 23rd episode, I think it is. Go back and listen to June 23rd. Got my car back after getting it repossessed. $1,700. Getting it out. Getting a ride up there. Because Ogden Auto Towing. That's why I'm pretty critical of Ogden Auto Towing. They're no use. Probably part of it. Huge organized crime ring here in Utah. Massive, probably. Tent everywhere. Tentacles everywhere. Reaching everything. Money, money, money. Greed, greed, greed. Get every, bleed everyone dry. Squeeze as much money as you can out of them and kick, kick them to the curb. Kick that can to the curb. That's what's going on here in Utah. And then the F-35 crash on top of it. It's super suspicious. Not just a billion dollar airplane. Or, okay, maybe it's not a billion dollars. It's a $500 million airplane. Yeah, one airplane? Eh. Okay, so it's not $500, $250 million airplane. It's no big deal. Just crashed. Eh, eh. Give me a break. Give me a break. And these contracts, you're, you're manufacturing these planes everywhere else too? South Korea, same thing happens. It's ridiculous. Something's going on here in Utah, and it's not good. So anyway, I get my car out in June. Couldn't keep up with the payments again. They start going after it in August. Heavy, August 12th, heavy. Following me around, stalking me. They're stalking me. Getting into my phone, uh, or at least texting me, because I'm trying to sell stuff to get money. Selling a vacuum, selling personal items, camera equipment, all of it. Because I'm into photography, I'm a master photographer badge, level seven local guide from Google Maps. And there, I'm getting texts from Romania, from a Romania Romanian phone number. And it's asking me if I can ship it and do whatever to Utah. Like that's how my phone was, I guess, tapped, hacked, location hacked. My iPhone was hacked because of that one text message. The two-factor authorization bullshit is just that. It's bullshit. That's not secure if you can just get your phone messed up from one text from somebody else. Your phone gets stolen. There goes your two-factor. It's It's stupid. All this dependencies on phones and texts, it's stupid. Your phone number gets turned off. It's stupid. This is dumb. 
So I'm getting text messages from Romania asking if I can ship it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, happy to ship it. Blah, blah, blah. Just 30 bucks. Go ahead and Venmo or cash at me. No reply. That's it. No reply. No thank you. No anything. Just, that's it. It kind of looks like that, you know, kind of falls in line with social engineering, I would say. Putting off communication. It's ending communication really quick once you get the data. Gather the data. Step number one. So that happened, and that's probably how they're following me, unless they put something in my car without me knowing. I go running across the street on Friday, August 12th, the busy road out there by the university to get my car, to rescue my car from getting repoed. Because I didn't, I needed it to move. I knew I was moving soon. I couldn't stay at the student apartments much longer because I had already graduated, made the dean's list. But I couldn't stay there anymore because I wasn't going to school anymore. So I had to get my, I had to use my car to move or at least live out of it, instead of just be straight up on the street. I'm not trying to rip anybody off here with like bad intentions. I wanted to pay that bill, but I couldn't because I never got the money I was expecting. Not when I needed it. So I go running across the street on August 12th, get in my car, realize I'm being followed pretty quickly. Actually, I was like, I'm being followed here. These cars are following me. Like, there's a bunch of cars following me and they're like taking turns and stuff. It, I was like, oh my God. And for the entire night, I was just being followed, just followed around for like 10 hours. I think I drove. There's a, a wisdom podcast that I made through the wisdom app. I think, I think you can check that out somehow. I haven't really signed in to that app for a while, but yeah, I, I was doing wisdom live streams for a minute there. There was a live stream. It's probably still there. It's, yeah. Somewhere, go look it up, go find it. I was getting better at doing like live shows and talking kind of on the fly, but um, yeah, not, not, not so much anymore. I, I haven't logged into that one for a while, but it worked out pretty well. They give you uh, Amazon gift cards as like payment for the amount of listeners and your interactions and stuff. It's cool, it worked out. Paid more than Anchor, dude. That was my ankle cracking there. Anyway, so there's a whole live podcast episode on a different platform that's not available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that. But it's out there somewhere, and there's proof of it. And they're following me home the whole night. Multiple trucks and everything, but they couldn't go down. I think part of it is they can't go down neighborhoods and stuff, and I kind of figured that out the first night and um, figured out pretty quickly they can't go by the airport. And so I was kind of using all this information to use later on. They still got my car my car was shut off while I was just trying to drive it. It just stopped. It didn't work anymore. It was an electric vehicle. I was at the charging station. I was trying to get so close. I was so close to keeping my car just a few more days to move. But I couldn't. It just shut off. It said, take to the dealership. It wouldn't work anymore. It wouldn't turn on. Nothing. Just done. Cooked. So the next car I get is probably going to be carbureted. But old van. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm going to get an electric vehicle again because of that. It can just be shut off from a distance, just turned off. Anywhere you are, whatever, if they want to stop you, you're done. Not that you're trying to run from whatever, but you're not giving that You don't have the freedom to do anything. It's just your car's done. It's off. That happened in early September. But before that happened, when I still had... Uh, I still had my car. It was in my possession still. And I was still at the university student apartments there at the University of Utah. 
I saw someone from my window, a perfect vantage point to my car, unobstructed, an unobstructed view to my car from my window. Yes, I should have been recording it. Yes, I should have taken photos. Absolutely. But I didn't. I was just watching it. Someone walked over in a striped shirt and started messing with my car. I'm trying to open it or do something to it. I don't know. It was running. It was on. I just returned home for a minute. And I saw someone with a striped shirt, like trying to get inside of it or trying to do something to the door. It was weird. <laughs> so I had my keys in hand because I'd just gotten home and I was watching my car right there. I had my keys in my hand and I hit the panic thing and they all took off running. I think there was like a green colored infinity, big SUV. I don't know for sure. Um, but I saw him in a striped shirt take off running. And I went running downstairs outside. Hey, I think the rain stopped. I can, clear, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. It's still raining. It's freezing ass cold outside. Now. Welcome to the third segment, everybody. We're about to take this one home. I don't think this is going to be extended too long. I hope, I hope I can get through it in 10 minutes. We'll see. I might take a little five minute break and come back all wacky and weird, but we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Watch. It turns into uh, crime boss, crime, crime family boss man might make an appearance. Yeah, who knows? Five minutes into it. This thing can get weird, man. Yeah, so I see this dude trying to break into my car, doing something with my car, tampering with my car, doing something. And the upper driver's side door part is like prying it open or doing something. I couldn't tell from my apartment, my student apartment, but I knew he was doing something. I hit the panic switch. The car started honking and he ran off and the car, the Infinity or whatever SUV was close by, drove off quickly. He ran off. So I go get my shoes back on and go running back downstairs. Like, what the heck? What the hell, man? And I didn't see him. He's gone just that fast. And I was like, come on. I was outside pretty quick. I was outside pretty quick, like really quick. And I, I didn't see him. He was gone. And I was like, okay, well, I guess they picked him up. He, they drove off. Coast is clear. I looked at my car. It was, I guess it was okay. I was pretty disappointed in all of it, but whatever, like, man, they don't care. Like this repo company, stocking company, crime boss, crime family boss men company, like they don't care. We're just trying to do it. And this is the university property, university um, boundaries. I go back inside. I tell my friend, um, I was actually supposed to hang out with a gracious host that night. We're supposed to get together that night. And I couldn't. I was like, you know what? I'm stuck here. I can't make it down there. They just tried to break into my car. I'm writing something to, for the university police. I'm going to tell them. Like, it's just not a good night tonight. We get together and catch up. And, like, I didn't know I was going to move in here. But, yeah, we were supposed to hang out that night. forgot about that. And uh, I let her know. She kind of disappointed, I think. She wanted to catch up. I wanted to catch up too. And, but I just didn't think it was a good idea with what was happening, with what had just happened. I wrote an email to the University of Utah police just telling them exactly what happened. I think there were some uh, grammatic, grammatical errors, but I wasn't, I was in panic mode mostly at that point. I was being followed around everywhere I went. 
I was being followed around. I was out of my mind. I looked like the fox from Sword in the Stone, running from the dogs and the fox hunters. Just fried, just fried. Hadn't slept, sleeping in my car, trying to keep my car. I needed to move. Um, a, th a few hours went by, or I'm not sure how much time, but probably a couple hours, and I was going to back outside to check on my car just to look at it, see if there's any damage or what have you. And I see the same guy walking back, like, whatever. I was like, hey, the police are on their way. Like, I'm going to call the police right now. Like, like, I know what you're doing. And the police are going to come right now. Like, I just saw you trying to break in my car before. And now here you are again. Like, I'm calling the police right now. I, I called 911 right then. I took pictures of him. He had his right hand in his pocket. He didn't take his right hand out of his pocket one time. Not once. Like, I live here as broken English. He was an older guy, uh, balding, glasses, uh, yeah, foreign, pretty much. And he's like, no, I live here, I live here. And, dude, I don't care. Yeah, I saw what you're doing earlier. I didn't see what you're doing just now, but it's you. I recognize you, and you're the guy that ran off from my car before. I'm calling the police. Call the police. I called 911, but, so it got routed to... Uh, whichever emergency number, but it had to be the campus police because I'm on university property. So they transferred me over to the emergency number at the University of Utah police. I gave him all my information. And then, yeah, from there I waited. Police finally showed up, but no help, like zero help, like nothing. There was just no help. They drove right past me. 15 minutes goes by, finally, they come back around to where my car was. I was like, yeah, this is what happened. And they just didn't believe me, like flat out. They're like, well, he lives here. So he's the parents of the students that live here. So he has every right to be here. Parents can live with students. I wasn't trying to argue who a right to be there or whether or not they belong there. I said he was an older person, didn't look like he was a student, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a right to be there. So that wasn't my argument at all. I, that was who I saw breaking into my car. But they just didn't believe me. One of the police officers, the University of Utah police officer, says to me, he lives here, I promise you he didn't do it. And when he said that, I was just like, my God. Like, like there's nothing I can say to either one of these police officers. There's nothing I can say that will... Like, they've already made up their minds, or they've been bought off, or both. They're not going to help me. They're not going to listen. They're not even going to hear me out. Now, I said, if I have video, and then they got interested. <laughs> then they were like, oh, what? You got a video? Yeah, let's take a look at it. But if I, yeah, I said, if I have video, then what? It's like, yeah, well, well, for But you have to have video, otherwise they won't believe you. They won't even take you seriously. They won't even take you seriously. If you're panicking, if you're in panic mode, you're done, you're cooked. If you have panic attacks, if you suffer from panic attacks, it, and you're panicking, and you need help, and you call the police for help, it's not going to, you're not going to get help. You're going to get humiliated. And you're going to feel dumb, and you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. Because I regret it. And I'll never call the police for help again because of it. To read in this article that was published about stalking 
on the University of Utah campus, when I read it and realized, wow, it's, it's the number one campus for stalking in Utah. Like, it's just so disappointing because I know how it's possible. I know how it happened. It's because the police don't care. Either that or they're bought off or corrupt misconduct. I, I, like, I don't know what's going on over there, what's going on in their heads. But in this article, it said they're trying to focus more on mental health and how to handle those cases better and how to just conduct themselves better and take things more seriously. But what they were saying to me was just like, it sounds like, you need, like it, it was so insensitive and so out of left field, in my opinion, if they can't tell that I'm in, in a panic, full on panic mode here, if they can't tell that, then they, they have no right of trying to, or they have just no place, no experience. It's amateur, very amateur. And these two police officers even said to me, when I was telling him, like, maybe they're trying to put a GPS device in my car. I don't know what they're doing. And he says, they said to me, in his 15 years experience, in my 15 years experience, cumulative 30 years experience, we've never heard of something like this happening. It sounds pretty extreme for a repo company to do that. And I agreed. I said, yeah, it does. It sounds like super extreme. But someone's trying to do something here, and they're following me around, dude. But it was like, even when I told them, I I'm behind my payments, there's a repo. It's like, well, they have every right to take your car. And it's like, don't try and tell me about the repo laws here, guy. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm well aware that they can take my car. But they can't take it if it's running. And they can't take it if I'm inside of it. And they also can't do a breach of the peace. They can't breach the peace in the process. Well, I'm not going to try and tell this guy like laws, repo laws, because I can tell he, what he's trying to do. And he's trying to like minimize the situation and make my opinion invalid. And he was 15 minutes late. He drove right by, just drove right on past me. He even said, you're the first person we saw when we drove in, but someone else matched the description, so we went to the back. And 15 minutes later, there they are, after I saw the family of the guy who was trying to break in my car, and they're getting stuff out of their trunk of their, of their, of their car, getting stuff and bags, bring them inside. People are leaving, just driving off that were in that apartment or part of that family, taking pictures and driving off. And then the police show up. Da, da, da. Well, they have every right to take your car. The other one's interrogating me saying, well, I've never heard of a student living in a student apartment if they've, after they've graduated. And it's like, holy shit, they don't care. Like, they're not listening to what I'm saying. Let me, well, let me tell them I'm leaving in 10 days. My last day's on this day, 10 days from now. Or, you know, from then when I call them. Like, I'm starting to plead my case. And I'm the, ones who, I'm the one who called them. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, well, University of Utah has the highest stocking rate out of any college or university in Utah. And no, it's not the most populated one. And how is this possible? How is it possible? It's because they don't care. It's because they're not trying to help. And people die because of it. People have lost their lives because of the incompetence of the Univers University of Utah Police. That's it. That's it. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are the coolest. Good luck. Take care.
it just gets to the point where I can't talk anymore. I get so worked up and I start to just not make sense or I start to slur and start, yeah, it, I get so mad knowing that they just don't care. And like, yeah, it's a problem and there's nothing being done about it. It just sucks. It just, it's sad. It's sad. It's disappointing. It's sad. It's kind of unbelievable. It's sad.